Good morning, everyone. It's great to see all of you today. Want to wish mothers out there a happy Mother's Day. Hey, I, I don't know if you noticed, we didn't do offering time uh, just in this service. Was somebody going to clap? <laughs> you, were, you would have been spot on. Um, one of the reasons why we've taken that element out and moved it to our expressions moment is because the awkwardness of interrupting the, the worship moment um, we didn't want people to have to fiddle with their phones or fiddle with their purses or wallets, and we wanted to give you an opportunity to stay in that worship moment. Um, and so we decided to move it towards the end of the service when we do expressions. There are boxes around the building that you can honor the Lord that way, but um, I hope that works for everyone. But we wanted to keep that worship moment, uh, you know, uninterrupted. Uh, so, um, but it's great to see all of you today. And, We've been talking about the uprising of Jesus and that how his rising from the dead and rising from the grave was not only to dispel the fears that we may have about the things that threaten us, but also to invite us to a personal uprising, that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead can dwell in our mortal bodies and begin to give new life and that we can rise up in our own situations and that the kingdom of God can come into our lives and we learn from Jesus that the kingdom of God starts as a gift that's given to us through our relationship with Christ. And then as a result of receiving that gift of Christ into our lives, it begins to grow. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 17. He said, the kingdom of God does not come with signs to be observed or with visible display. Or will people say, look, here it is. Or say, see, it is there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. It's in your hearts and among you, surrounding you. And so God invites us to be a part of his kingdom, but to allow that kingdom to begin to work in our lives instead of being some afterlife experience alone, but rather that we can pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth in my life today just as it is in heaven and it becomes a reality. But we need to take the gift of Christ into our lives and begin to use it to see transformation happen. There was a commercial that came out that I loved it. Um, it I will show it to you in a second. It's a FedEx commercial. So if you work for UPS, you know, come up with a good commercial and I'll, I'll put it up there and we'll use that one as well. But I like this is because it's a commercial that presents the concept of reverse engineering. So it, it kind of looks like at the end game, and then it goes back to the beginning part. And I, I really like this concept, but let's watch it together. One millionth order. Millionth order. There goes our first big order. 44, 45, 46. How many of these did they order? Oh, that's hot. You know, we could sell these. Nah. We don't bake. Opportunity. What we deliver by delivering. I love that whole concept of opportunity, that's what we deliver. Uh, because I'm, I love the move from blender all the way to the millionth order. And I think we all like, in our minds, we look at that millionth order first. We want the perfect life. We want the best marriages. We want prosperity in our lives. We want the best of everything. We, we have that picture of, of the best taking place in our lives. But the commercial focuses on two things. Um, one, you have to decide what you're going to do with the blender. 
Maybe it's something that you didn't ask for. Maybe it's not something you personally sought. But you've got to ask yourself, what are you going to do with this thing? What are you going to do with this blender that's been delivered? And the other principle that it communicates is that FedEx was delivering throughout the whole process. If you watched it a couple times as I've watched that video, that you'll see that there's always a FedEx person moving, carrying a package in or out of every particular scene. And just as FedEx was there every step of the way, Christ is with us throughout the whole process. Wherever the kingdom of God is happening, there he is. He's delivering his graces into our lives, the things that we need every step of the way, at the very beginning as well as in the millionth order. But there is a point, even with Christ, when you've got to decide if you're going to bake. A point when you're going to take what you have been gifted by God with, and if you're going to begin to see the kingdom of God worked into your life. There's a point when we all stare at this Jesus story, this gospel, the cross, however you may have it presented to you, and we have to decide, what am I going to do with this thing? Because up to this point, I really, I don't beg, but now I've got something presenting me with a different opportunity. So there's a couple different ways that we approach this idea of the kingdom. I think in America we, we like our options and I think we approach the idea of baking with the kingdom of God differently. You know, I've been watching the British, Great British Bake Off, is that the name of the show? And, and yes, because I love my wife, um, not because I like baking in any fashion, but she has watched countless Patriots games with me. I mean, I, this woman is so amazing that I watch old games. So I'm watching reruns of old games, classic games that have taken place. My wife has watched them with me. But we started watching the British Bake Off, and we watched Paul and Mary and all the different contestants over eight seasons now. And I began to realize that what they're calling baking and what may be happening in a lot of our lives may not be exactly baking. You know, maybe it's like reconstituting or reheating or toasting or shoving in the oven. But it, as you begin to look at it, it's like, wow, I got a better idea of, of baking and, and all these different phrases, and they're usually French that have to go with this thing. And so when I look at what, when I say, well, I believe in God, that's, it's kind of us like looking at the blender, but most of us have a, maybe we assent to the idea that God exists, but pretty much we're just staring at the blender. It's like, yeah, he exists, but I, I really, I don't bake. I'm not really religious or I'm not spiritual. I, I really don't do anything with it. It's not really worked into my life personally. And, and, and sometimes we look at the kingdom of God this way. Some of us are high invitation, low challenge folks. We are attracted to the high invitation elements of the kingdom of God. And we're kind of like consumers. We grab out of it what we can, but when it comes to commitment level, we're not really into the commitment level. But we do like the idea of going to heaven. We like the idea of love and, and all those wonderful concepts. Then there are some of us that are low invitation, high challenge people. We approach the kingdom of God um, where we, we're really not sure about what the reward is, but we're real legalistic. 
We're all about the rules of Christianity. We're all about making sure everything is exactly where it's supposed to be and all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and all the theology is just right and, and we hold ourselves to some legalistic rules about our alcohol or about what we watch on TV and, 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 and good restrictions are, are good, but we turn this whole thing into the high commitment element and we don't discover what the rewards are. But then there are some of us that are low-invitation, low-challenge people. We're the just-going-through-the-motion-Bible-belt people. It's kind of like, yeah, I believe in the Bible, I believe in God, and yeah, I go to church on Sunday, but, you know, I really don't know what the rewards of all this is and what the outcome of it is, and I'm not really committed to it all, but so we just kind of maintain the status quo. That's kind of like a, a Sunday thing that, you know, we can fall into. And then there's the Christ discipleship model. This is the way Jesus talks about the kingdom, how Jesus responds to the kingdom. And it's high invitation and it's high challenge. That it has both of these elements. So I want to take a look at um, a couple of the parables that Jesus presents that have high invitation elements in them, and they also have high challenge elements in it. And it's all kind of put together. And that these ideas that he's going to communicate to us and that we're going to pull out of it are going to be the things that are going to take us from blender to that millionth order. It's like, I, I want God's best in my life, but I need to know how to go from blender right up to this millionth order. So we're going to have to look at the kingdom of God as high invitation and high challenge. So let me read to you a couple short parables, and then we'll take a quick look at them. Beginning in Matthew 13, verse 31. And Jesus put a, another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of God is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field, and it was the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it's larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. And he told them another parable in verse 33. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Then Matthew 13, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. And then in joy he goes and he sells all that he has and he buys that field. And then in verse 45, Again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great price, he went and he sold all that he had, and he bought it. So I was looking at all these parables and kind of putting them all together, and I, and I wanted to look at these parables a little bit differently, and my brain kind of works a little bit differently, and because um, and I, I wanted to get the concepts of, I think you saw the invitational elements go by, you know, talking about pearls, talking about treasure, talking about all the birds of the air coming, talking about the potential of seed and leaven, and, and these are all positive invitational elements. But I wanted to see the baking things. It's like, what do I got to do? What am I going to do with this gift called Jesus, and how do I begin to bake in my life? So I, I started to look about at, the, at each of the parables, and I kind of looked at them differently. But let me give you an illustration on, on how I looked at them. Um, I don't know if you've been on Facebook lately, but there was this new IQ test that, that was put out there. And, you know, these are all certified and bona fide, and these are real. Um, I'm just joking about that. But there was, there was this one about these cats. Uh, anybody see this one? Okay, I don't know if you saw it. Good, you didn't see it. Uh, so I'm, 
I'm the only 60-year-old man who goes on Facebook? Oh boy, that's not a good sign, is it? But this is the one that popped up. Now the challenge about this one is, tell me which one of these cats is not like the others. Okay, so, all right, so it, I'm going to ask you, if you have already seen the answer to this, please do not shout it out or act like you just figured it out or anything like that. But I have, I'm going to take this one step, I have gift certificates to the coffee shop up, up the street. Okay, so I know you need your latte, frappamoco, whatever they call those things, and, and we've got it right here for you. So I want you to take a look at those three cats and, tell, and think about which one of them is different. Okay? Oh, I love it. This, okay, now, now, okay, so everybody's got hands. All right, Robbie, we, we got to start with you. Can you come up and, and tell me? We, yeah, because I know you. Well, I got all kinds of people come out. No, 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 come on up. No, we'll take both of you. All right, all right. Um, all right, which one do you think it is? They're all different. Okay, uh, get out of here. Who do you? Some, <laughs> he's an existentialist. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. No, no, no. No, no, it's. The number two. But I'm asking, uh, I'm asking you to pick one, okay? You can't change the rules of the game. All right, good. All right. All right. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay. You're more than welcome. To, uh, this young gal, you're more than welcome. To, oh, look at her. She's so confident. She's excited. Which one, which one do you think it is? It's number three because it doesn't have eyebrows. Okay. All right. Anybody, everybody with her on that? Anybody? I, I, yeah, anybody? Okay. All right, uh, all right. Uh, Brandy, come on up. Let's see. Oh, I think I'm about to lose a gift card. She's an engineer. I think she's got this all worked out, figured out. Here we go. I'm going to agree with Robbie. They're all different. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much. That's not the right answer. All right, it could be the right answer, but it's not the one I want. Okay. Let me tell you which one's different. And the, and the tester, is, this is the one that he It's number one. It is because it possesses the qualities of the other two cats. So you all look for uniqueness and differentness. That's the way our brains work. We look for something that's different than the other ones. But the number one is different because it includes all the elements of all the cats. And because it possesses all those qualities, it is different than the other two. How about that, Robbie, huh? Okay. <laughs> Well, the reason why I presented this is that this is the way that I'm approaching these parables, is that we're going to focus on all the elements in producing like one kind of concept, one kind of idea. We're producing one cat that has all of them together. So looking at the parables again, well, there was one parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, man took and sowed. Then there was the woman who took and hid uh, the meals of flour, and then there was the kingdom of heavens like a treasure, which man found and covered up, and then there was the one where the great, pearl of great price, and he sold and bought. Well, if you take all those words out and you pull them out, let's take a look at those words. The ones that overlap, like if we approach it just like the cat idea, is that took, hid, sold, and bought have an overlapping in at least two of the parables. And one of the rules about the scriptures that keeps us honest and also keeps us going the right directions is you never build the theology off of one verse. you got to have collaboration, uh, or really corroboration in this case, where the, 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 there's an agreement among scripture about what is being decided about. 
But the words that we pull out of this story, that kind, these stories that talk to us about the baking element, the challenge element, are the ideas of took, hid, sold, and bought. The kingdom of God begins to bake in your life when you apprehend, protect, and invest in the kingdom. That's baking. Otherwise, it's just a blender that's, that you possess in your house. Jesus dying and rising on the third day and giving us the Holy Spirit is the gift being delivered to us. It's the blender. And for all mankind, God died and rose again on the third day so that all of our transgressions could be forgiven. And it's an invitation. And FedEx, the grace of God, drops that package on everybody's front porch. But then humanity's left there to decide Huh, I don't bake. What am I going to do with this thing? And what Jesus calls us to do is this, to begin the process of, of grabbing a hold of the kingdom, protecting God's principles and his word in our lives, embedding it in the concepts of how we live our lives, investing in the kingdom of God, and realizing that as we do this, that God will always, at every stage and every phase, that God will over always deliver a package of grace so that we can do this. That in every situation, he will ever be present to help us see the kingdom of God become a reality in our lives. So let's drop this package on our own front porches. And let's call it opportunity today. That Jesus died historically, rose again from the dead, and now that package is being delivered to every single one of us. Have you grabbed a hold of that package? Have you, have you opened it? And we can kind of like theorize about what does that mean? Is it, is it something that you've considered, that you've looked at, that you've tested to see whether or not it's accurate, to see if it's something you really can bake with, that you really can live with? That, I, I, I love that, that the second to the last scene that they have is there's a point when they're they use the blender, and they're not going to change the world, and maybe they're not even thinking millionth order yet. But there's a point where they're just going to bake it, and they're going to eat it. That we're going to try to see if these, these cookies are any good, or these biscuits are any good. Um, are you protecting that relationship? Are you, in, are you pursuing that relationship? It used the word hid a couple times, but hid is not only the idea of keeping something, protecting something from taking it, but it also was used in the context of embedding it, like a code that is embedded inside software. Have you embedded the life of Christ into your life? Have you begun to make it part of how you talk to your wife, how you raise your children, how you... Um, how you interact with people around you, how you deal with sex in your life, how you deal with money in your life, how you um, deal with, has it been embedded in your thinking, in your relationships? Has it begun to affect how you drive? Has it worked its way throughout the meal, throughout the, the flower? Has it been folded into your life? Or maybe for you, are you selling out your own self-interest and buying into the stuff of the kingdom of God. I mean, that's a big part of it. I mean, that was repeated in this, this idea of selling and buying. Now, I love just buying. 
And, and, and that's why there's so many storage places throughout the West Ashley area is because most of us just like buying, but we don't like selling. Or we don't like getting rid of anything. We like collecting. And, and I wouldn't mind Jesus if I could buy into Jesus and keep my other ideologies still at work. But that's not what's going on in this parable. The banking part of it is it's like, listen, I got stuff in my life, a way of thinking that I've got embedded in my life, and I'm going to sell out to my self-interest, and I'm going to buy in to the way of the kingdom of God. So this is big, and this is why a lot of us don't end up with the kingdom of God permeating our lives. We don't end up with the millionth order. It's because we never bake. We always just look at Christ, we ascend to the reality of Christ, but we just shove it up in the top shelf someplace or maybe in the lower part of our kitchen and we just never use that and we never actually start to bake. See, Paul in Galatians 2.20, he, he said this, and this is a guy who has, who has received the gift and then he's baked. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Now, if you're new to Jesus, I look at a verse like that, I'm like, yeah, uh, that's pretty heavy. I have been a Christian for a while, and I've been a pastor for a while, and I'm not sure that's me, okay? Should it be me? Well, as I look at the British baking show, I realize what, you know, what things should look like and I try to now improve my skills so that when it's all said and done with, it will look like what I got on the show. The Apostle Paul, who's a bunch of steps ahead of us, is saying, listen, this is what it looks like. That I have kind of put to death my own self-interest and now Christ begins to live in me. And the life that I now live in my body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself up for me. See, this is a guy who's embraced the whole bake. This is the guy that's experiencing the millionth order. God's will, God's kingdom, God's purpose, God's love, God's truth are now like, like leaven, they are, uh, like yeast. They have leavened them itself all the way through the flower of his life. So the props of seeds in the story, leaven, treasure, jewels, they, they all represent the invitational element of the kingdom of God, like grace. There's nobody here that doesn't enjoy grace. The idea of being forgiven by God. What a, what a beautiful concept. And it's something that God delivers on our door. We like the idea of eternal life. We like the idea of acceptance and forgiveness and peace and abundance um, of kingdom living. And, and, and you'll see sometimes churches will just focus on the invitational stuff. And I would love to be one of those churches that just tells you all the great and wonderful things that God wants to do in your life. And let's just focus on the good things. But there is no challenge. And that's the kind of culture we live in today. They're like, you know, there's no such thing as a Christianity that would actually challenge you about what you do with your money. There's no kind of Christianity that would challenge you about the origins of life or, or, uh, or how we treat our children or... There's no such thing as a Christianity that would get involved in your sexuality or, or any of those things about our lives. And we want a Christianity that's high invitational. And it is highly invitational. I am the beloved child of the living God. 
I've been called to reign with Christ and will reign with Christ throughout all eternity. And I now have his presence in my life. And I'm, I'm not a better version of me. I am now experiencing what it's like to have Christ live in me. That's great. But there's the issue with the blender. It's like you got to bake. you got to be willing to take the kingdom of God and begin to work it into your life. Embedding it, protecting it, taking a hold of it, selling everything and buying in. Now, when Paul talked about I've been crucified with Christ since no longer I live, he's not saying he doesn't watch football. He's not saying he doesn't enjoy going fishing or shopping or going to the mountains or, or surfing or all the other wonderful things about it. But he is talking about that he's taking the reality of the kingdom of God and he's working it into every aspect of his life. And you can't get around the challenge of the kingdom biblically. There is, there is no version of Christianity where you get high invitation and low challenge. Jesus was feeding these folks. Man, he was like doing miracle after miracle. And one of the miracles that kind of goes with the baking idea is they didn't even need a blender. And he fed 5,000 with a bunch of bread. And I mean, there wasn't enough blenders to produce it. And, and so he fed these 5,000. And these 5,000 people loved it. It's like, man, bread. He's talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are you, and you're going to inherit this, and blessed are that. And we love the Beatitudes, the blessed part of it. And so they keep, Jesus does that again, and everybody's like, woohoo, go get our friends. You know, let's bring them all here. And then they go a little further, and Jesus does it again. And there's another gospel account where he does it again. A little bit more people this time, and he's doing it again. And then there's a point where they start following him, and he turns around, and he says, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you will have nothing to do with me. It's like, whoa, you know? And then he makes the allegory between bread and his body. And it's like, what happened? What? It's like, because the kingdom of God comes with high invitation, but it is going to challenge you to begin to bake with the principles of God in your life. And there is a point in every one of our lives where God says, listen, I love you. I think, you know, I... I died for you, and you've got a purpose, and I got great visions for your life and thoughts about what you can be as you grow up, but there's a point when I'm going to need you to put your hands in the dough. I'm going to need you to open up that box on your porch and bring it into your kitchen. I'm going to need you to look over the instructions and plug it in and, and give baking a try. And as we do that, the kingdom of God begins to unfold so as we enter into this last moment of expressions, let me just ask you a, a, just a couple questions. I don't know the answers to them. You do. Uh, have, have you just been staring at the blender? And I don't know. I, I think maybe there's more magic involved in Christianity in America today because we think if we just stare at the blender that it will produce a loaf of bread for us. If I just look at, if I just believe in God, yeah, that's, it's all going to work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have all these wonderful pastries pop out the following day because I pray to prayer or because I believe in the infinite God. But most of us, I think, are just staring at the blender. Or if you decided, yeah, I love Jesus, but we don't bake. That's a tough thing, isn't it? Maybe you're stuck on the 
selling and buying. Because in every one of the parables, selling comes first. You know, that's, I wish it was buying and then selling. Because if you're like me, I, I would like to have it all and then decide what I don't need. As opposed to selling what I may consider valuable, not being sure about what I'm going to have in the future. But the kingdom of God doesn't come that way. It requires a sell first. And I'm not really into that. Maybe you're like me. And this is so much like me. Maybe you're in search of many pearls, but you don't want to have to just pick one. You know, you want to keep your options open. I want to have a lot of things that make me happy. I want to have a lot of ideologies and philosophies and concepts. I don't want to ever have to lock down on one. I like the idea of searching for pearls. And I think every one of us are here of that. We are all spiritual beings. None religious, but we are all spiritual beings. But there's a point when you hear something from Jesus, and he says, there's no way to the Father except through the Son. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it's like, I'm okay with a lot of pearls. I just don't want to have to lock down on one. And maybe that's where you are. God invites every single one of us to experience his kingdom. And I think all of humanity at some time in their lives, every human being, however it's articulated in, in different countries or different cultures, that that package gets delivered. And that's an invitational moment to unlock the potential of God in your life, to open it up, not just to stare at the cross, not just to glance at it three or four times a year. Not just to have it as something that is tucked away in the lower cabinet in your kitchen. But to break out a relationship with Christ. To take hold of it. To embed it. To protect it. To invest in it. So that you can see God's kingdom become a reality in your life. Fathers, we enter into this moment with you. We thank you so much. Because you are with us every step of the way. And I love it, God, because every step of the way, there is a, there's always a package in your hand. And that's the grace that we need to live every moment. And you come and you have that package. Today, God, we make the decision that we're going to bake. That we're just not going to stare at it. We're not just going to have this object that we didn't really invite into our lives. It was just delivered to us. Today, we make a choice to unwrap the potential of the kingdom in our lives by taking a hold of it, embedding it into our lives, our thoughts, our families, our relationships. The way that we do life begin to embed it into every part of us. To begin to sell a sell out our self-interest to buy into the interests of the kingdom with this great anticipation that thy kingdom will come thy will will be done on earth just as it is in heaven let me invite you to come up today and as we take communion and again bread is involved God is delivering the package but let me encourage you, instead of just going through the motions of doing communion, 
Let it be an actual expression that you are taking the bread. The blender has been delivered and you are going to work it into your lives. That this is a decision moment. Maybe if that's a little too much to take at this moment in life, just enjoy the worship experience. Just allow your, your thoughts to focus on God. Maybe it'll be a time where you need to sell out and you need to write something on a card and pin it to the cross as a representation of buying in or, or selling out. Or maybe this is your moment of uh, expression of giving. But let's have this moment for just the small amount of time that's left. Let's unwrap the present and begin the process of baking the kingdom of God into our lives.